another episode of GTF Gabriel Talks Football with Greg Gabriel. You'll get a master class on all things Chicago Bears presented to you by Greg and he'll be with us in just a second. I just want to let you know that tonight at 8 p.m. Dan Aguirre, Johnny Santucci and myself are going to talk about this Chicago Bears team and we're going to look at the current status of the team and also talk about the near future. And that's also a topic that I'm going to approach with Greg Gabriel. But first I got to ask him about this loss against the Detroit lions. I saw that he tweeted out about um, the officiating. He wasn't really happy with that. Who was that's a Chicago Bears fan? So let's bring Greg in now. Greg, how are you, man? <laughs> I'm still pissed. <laughs> Tell me why you're pissed. <laughs> well, it's two weeks in a row that the officials have, have cost the Bears a game last week, you know, I, I, I said it cost him the opportunity to win because there's no, if that uh, pass interference call had been called uh, on the guy covering Chase Claypool, at least the Bears would have been an opportunity to tie the game, perhaps win the game either in overtime or in, in, in regulation time. The, the couple of the calls, the other day on Sunday, they flat out cost the game, especially the hands to the face on uh, Johnson, which was ridiculous because when you see all the close-ups, his hands weren't anywhere near the face. And, you know, they're on the shoulder. In fact, it, it was a pitcher-perfect jam at the line of scrimmage. That's, that's like a teaching tool. Yeah. And, and so, uh, you know, something, something's got to be done. You know, I, I wrote this morning, I go, with calls going the right way and a little bit of luck, this team could very easily be six and four and seven or three. And But it's not. It's three and seven. So the record is what it is. But I think the team is better than their record uh, in a way. And, and now I'm talking like a, a, a scouting director and not, say, a GM scouting director would say, oh, I don't mind losing because I get a higher pick. And, <laughs> and <laughs> But I, I can guarantee you losing is never on the mind of a player or a coach. You know, that's their job. That's their vocation. And they want to win. And they're competitive people. They want to win every single week. So, you know, I, 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 you might have caught it. I, I tweeted about the Colts on Sunday, and there was all this stuff going on Saturday and Sunday morning. In fact, I turned on the radio and I was going to the gym Sunday morning, and I, I turned on the score, but it wasn't the score people. It was, uh, you know, Odyssey out of New York City or wherever they were. Right. So it was national people, and they were talking about how the tank was in in Indianapolis. That this was like 
the most unprofessional tanking job they ever saw in their life. And, oh, but they forgot to tell the Colts. <laughs> That's right. And Jeff Saturday. Because they, they, they were on the road and won a game, and they won it convincingly. You know, that's not tanking is not part of a player's vocabulary. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's not part of his DNA. You know, I, I, I've been at one time when I was young, a high level athlete <laughs> and, and I am still ultra competitive and you know, that's all you ever want to do is win. Hell, I, I go out and play golf with my friends. I get pissed if I lose a buck. <laughs> but Greg, let me ask you this. Um, and I'm not saying that Ryan Poles is tanking, but it is clear that he is preparing for a better roster in 2023 when you trade away two of the top defenders. And then, coincidentally, all of a sudden, the Bears defense starts giving up double the amount of points that they've been giving up all year. So it's not deliberate tanking, but it is working towards a better roster in 2023. Yes or no? Well, yeah, I think it's it's part of his master plan in that he made a determination of who we want on this roster and at what price going forward. And you look at the age of uh, uh, Roquan, it was the money. With, with Quinn, it was age, I think, and money. And, and so they just thought, look, we, we can spend our money more wisely going forward. But now I'm saying that, yeah, you took away two, perhaps the two best players or two better players on the defense, and it makes a difference. Now, granted, Quinn didn't get any early at one sack this season, but the other guys were getting sacks. And why was that happening? Because everybody was constantly, the offenses go into that game concentrating on stopping Quinn, mm-hmm. especially based on the way he played last year. That helped free up other people. Now he's gone. And your blocking schemes can change a little bit, and now you're you know not getting any pass rush. I I firmly believe that uh, even though a de- an interior defensive lineman might be the bigger need, and we'll get into this a late a little bit later, I think that I'm going to be put it this way: I'm going to be surprised if an edge player isn't the first round pick, but. You know, part of that has to do with where you're picking and who's available, that type of thing. But I know I, I noticed uh, Ryan Poles went to Texas Tech this past week uh, to check out a player, and they got a pretty good edge player there because I just happened to do him last week myself. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like a six foot six, six foot seven uh, pass rusher who's got and, and sometimes plays on his feet. You know, excellent player. And that'd be a guy, you know, if you're picking, he's not going to be a top five, but in that next, say, 10-player group, that'd be a guy that you may consider. And I can't think of his name offhand. You want to look up the Texas Tech roster. Um, but it, it's – you look at free agency and wh- who could be available. Now, there could be guys that get cut because of contractual considerations. But if you look at, at what's out there now, what are their potential free agents, the edge situation is pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. <laughs> no doubt. You know, so, um, you know, so you're going to have to get it in the draft. Mm-hmm. And so that tells me, okay, if you're going to get an offensive lineman 
or you're going to get a um, uh, a three technique or a defense defensive tackle, it's going to come from the um, uh, free agency rather than the draft, because there are there are some some defensive tackles available. In free agency, you got Duran Payne, who could be available. They could get franchised. They could resign. Duran Payne, you got the guy from the Eagles. You got the guy from uh, Denver. Uh, you know, there's some guys that would fit within this scheme very, very, very well. Uh, by the way, I think talking about the uh, referees has upset Bennett, so let, let's not talk about it. Uh, what it was is somebody is at the door, and I don't know who it is, but <laughs> – you know, my wife's home. She can handle it. Okay. Um, so this uh, – and one of the things you're talking about, the defensive line, and Justin Jones, who's been playing that three-tech this season, has actually probably been the best front seven player of the ones that are currently on the team. Uh, no question. No no question. And got gotten better over the course of the last month. Mm-hmm. You know, getting penetration, being disruptive. Um I believe, and, and they signed him to a multi-year contract. I mean, he's obviously going to be around, and we're, we'll get into that. But I, I believe he can play either defensive tackle position. So, And, and the same with Deron Payne. Now, if you sign a guy like uh, Hargrave uh, from the Eagles, I think Hargrave, you know, he could play either, but he's more of a three. Mm-hmm. So if you wanted to start your – now, they play a rotation, and, and, you know, often they're playing a 50-50 rotation, so guys are in the same amount of plays. Um, doesn't matter if you start. It's a matter – you know, it's how many snaps you're playing. Mm-hmm. You know, you can you can have them both in together, or you can rotate them and have somebody else at that, you know, one technique because uh, they seldom play a pure nose on the zero. Uh, you know – that remains to be seen, but I, I um, the only thing I don't like about Hargrave is that he's thirty year, be thirty years old. Yeah, and so where Deron Payne and the guy from Denver, you know, you're talking twenty six year olds, mm-hmm. and so you've got the age factor that you figure in there. Hargrave may be more dynamic, mm-hmm. but you know, when you look at okay, what am I trying to do here? And, and, and you're trying to build a team and then and to get to a spot where you've got a window to compete, does that 30-year-old fit in that window? Right. Sam is asking, why aren't we seeing more defensive line stunts to scheme some free, uh, some free rushers up? Uh, you know, I can't answer that. I'm not sitting in the defensive coach's room. Mm-hmm. You know, and... Um, but do you feel that... Um, uh, Williams could do more to help his pass rush uh, by scheming some, blitzing more, more stunts, that kind of stuff? Um, yeah, but that, that defense as a whole, if you go back to even w- when we played the defense with Lovey, how Marinelli played it in, in Dallas, how Flus played it in, in Indianapolis, you try to get your pressure with your front four so you've got seven people in coverage mm-hmm. because maybe you send one and they have sent one more often over the course of the last few weeks. They're just not getting there enough. 
And I, I think part of it is, is the, you know, you don't have that one dynamic guy. You lost the one guy in Quinn. Mm-hmm. Uh, you really need two. You need one more inside guy. You need an outside guy. Uh, you know, guys like Gibson and some, and, and you got young guys like, like Robinson, you know, he's got a chance to be a pretty good player, but he's a freaking rookie. Okay. Right. And you gotta let rookies be rookies and let them develop. Now, one thing, and I, I, this is always on my mind because you read stuff and the guys on Twitter, you know, they, they, they like you see a bad play and they're ready to get rid of a player. You know, like I, <laughs> Jalen Johnson was was uh, um, playing hurt on Sunday. Oh, did God. not have did not have one of his best games. Missed a you know practice time during the week. And I heard him on the radio yesterday. You know, he's got a he, he said it was difficult for to do some things, but um, he said, hey, you know, you got to fight through it and do it the best you can, which which is true, but. You know, I, I read some things. Well, that could be the next guy they're going to ship out for a draft choice. You know, it th- th- doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. You know, th- th- he's a quality corner. Quality corners are hard to find. He's a guy that's going to probably get paid yep. at yep. the end of this year. I think this is, what, a third year, right? Uh, yes. Okay, they don't have to pay him this year, but sometimes you can get him a little cheaper if you do it after, you know, they, they can extend him after the season's out, once you get into January, they can extend him. Everybody from that rookie class who's, who's finished the first three years of their contract, they can extend if they want. Right. And, and some of that 110, 120, 130 million, whatever that final number ends up being, mm-hmm. some of that's going to go to some of these people. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to, they're going to resign it. There's going to be guys. There's going to be guys that have one year contracts that mm-hmm. they're going to want to bring back. Yep. And you might bring them back on a two-year deal or maybe a three-year deal. Right. I, uh, I'm with you 100%. Um, Justin Fields, of course, is doing certain things on the football field that we've rarely uh, seen. There's no doubt about it that he has uh, catapulted himself to a superstar in the league just because his Q rating is, is up. Jerseys are selling. He's so exciting. National TV shows are showing highlights and talking about great. But uh, those who watch very, very closely are still not totally satisfied with his passing. So I'd love for you to kind of clue us in as to why aren't we seeing more passing yards uh, and more efficiency in the passing game? You know, I'm going to go back to what I've been saying for the last few weeks and that and that this offense, especially for the connection between quarterbacks and receivers, is very, very difficult. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I said a, a friend of mine who has worked in this offense for a long time, for years, you know, he told me that the adjustments that have to be made between receiver and quarterback once the ball is snapped, take a long time to learn. Like I, I read a couple times, who was it? The, somebody from the Sun-Times, uh, Lyser, somebody said, well, how come Chase Claypool's snaps went down from 26 to 19? You know, that doesn't say much for Chase Claypool. Hey, dude, guess what? He's been in the offense for, it's two weeks tomorrow mm-hmm. that he's been in the scheme. And no one, no one, he'll feel comfortable in it next year, not this year. Yeah, you know, they're 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 going to be 
you know, you see the, the improvement in Justin Fields' Fields play. Why is that? He's just now starting to get comfortable within the scheme and where he's recognizing things when he gets, you know, as the pre-snap reads, he understands the offense better. But one of the problems is, and you might not know this, I wrote this this morning too. How about last week was the first week since the beginning of training camp they had every receiver healthy? Wow. That's wild. I mean, that goes back to, what, the last week in July? Mm -hmm. And we're in the middle of November, and last week was the first time they had them all together as one group? Mm -hmm. You know, so that that has a lot to do with it. And and some of these guys, you got uh, Harry and Claypool, they're, they're new to the scheme. And other guys like Pringle, they were they miss a lot of time. They're new, you know. Pringle coming from Kansas City, he's new. The only guy who isn't new to the scheme and 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 knows what he's doing is ZQ. All right, so let's let's get in, into our little exercise here because I want to make sure we have enough time, and then uh, we'll go to questions from the chat room that are already starting to pile up. Um. What I want to do is take a look at this roster and evaluate it, but also with an eye towards 2023. So what I told Greg uh, is let's take a look at every individual who is now signed. And uh, and in a couple of cases, I put up a free agent name um, and with the question of can this person help us win a championship? If that's fair with you, Greg, let's let's define that because winning a championship can come from superstars, but also very valuable role players. Am I right? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, you know, I've, I've worked with championship teams, and you've got a combination of all of the above. Yeah, you got some Pro Bowl players, mm-hmm. and and you've got some guys that are just good rank and file players. You know, I I use the term often. Is it a player you can win with? Or is it a player you win because of? That's excellent. Okay. So, and and we had that in our, in our definitions when I was the scouting director for the Bears. And, you know, for a certain grade, you know, you said, I, you know, I can win with this player. Okay. You want to draft a player you can win with. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, then the next level below that is a guy, yeah, he can make our team, but he's, he's a guy that you might be looking to replace in two years. Right. You know, but can you win? The the important thing is, can you win with him? Mm -hmm. And the next level above that is we win because we have him on our team. Right. Okay. Let's uh, first start with that wide receiver group. Uh, And as you said, you know, it's important to have continuity with these guys because it takes a while to. Uh, get the offense going. I what I listed these numbers to the right of the names of the receivers and all the other players you'll see on these lists are the amount of snaps they've had in 2022 so far. And Darnell Mooney at the wide receiver, 631, and Claypool along with the Bears and Steelers, 517, and then we get to EQ Dante, Nikhil Harry, Pringle, and Valus Jones. So let's t- let's go at the start at the very top. Of course. Mooney is going to be here in the future, correct? Well, assuming that they get a deal, because I think he's, uh, what year is this? His fourth, third year, right? Third year. Correct. Yeah, so he he's just like uh, Jalen Johnson. You, you've got to think about extending him. You can think about it in January. You don't have to do it for another year, but 
you know, price goes up in another year. Mm-hmm. So you got some money this year. So maybe you want to do it now. But uh, yeah, he's he's and is he a player you go in with? Yes. Is he a player that you win because of? I'm not so sure. Go oh, interesting. Okay, what about his relationship with Justin Fields? Does that factor into it? The 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 fact that they're basically brothers. I mean, they spend a lot of time together. They work out together. They push each other. Do do you do people in the front office look at that dynamic and say, well, that's another reason we need to resign or try to resign Darnell? Yeah, it, it's part of the equation, but it it still gets down to. What's he bring to the table? Mm-hmm. And is he going to help us win? And yeah. that that's important. And, and I don't think there's any question Darnell Moody is going to help you win. And I don't care what team he's on. The guy's a good player. Yep. Okay. Is he a number one? I don't think he's a number one. But he's a damn good number two. He really is. Chase Claypool, of course, is signed uh, through the end of next season. And so the question is perhaps – uh, for you, Greg, is could he be the number one? You know, he's got an opportunity because, you know, of his size, his strength, his length. Uh, you know, once he he learns this scheme and feels comfortable within this scheme, and like I said, I think that's going to be next year. It's not going to be this year. They're going to pick and choose for him the rest of the year, and people are going to complain and bitch that, you know, it was a bad trade. Well, you know, you don't make a trade for necessarily today. You're making it for the future. And giving up the fact that they gave up a second-round pick is all you need to know. He's going to be here for a while. They're planning on him being here for a while. Otherwise, they wouldn't have given up that that second-round asset uh, in order to get him. Uh, But, yeah, he's got an opportunity to be the guy that gets a lot of targets within this scheme. Great. Now, EQ is uh, an interesting case study because as a blocker, he's among the league's best. I expected more out of EQ because of his familiarity with the offense, but we have not seen him have good games, uh, you know, you know, half dozen catches, 60, 70 yards. We just haven't seen that from EQ. So what and I believe he is if I did my homework correctly I believe he is signed for next season your thoughts no I think he's a one-year deal okay yeah I I think he's done after this year but I also think he's a guy that that they'd want to bring back uh he knows the the scheme uh he can play the X he can actually play multiple positions within the scheme he is the best blocker among the wide receivers that they have, uh, there's times when he's open, he just doesn't get targeted. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did have the one key drop a week ago. Right. Uh, and But, you know, yeah, you hold it against him, but you look at the pluses and the minuses, and I think there's more pluses. I agree with you in that, I, you know, I thought the production would be more, but it, let's be fair. It's only been the last few weeks that Justin's been throwing the ball more. And part of that, I think, was by design. Yes. They, were, they, were, they were not letting him loose. And each week, they let him do a little bit more. And, uh, and I think that'll continue. Like this week, you know, you're playing Atlanta. You're playing indoors. You're not going to have any weather conditions about. I think that's going to, you know, they're going to be throwing the ball around even more there. 
you're absolutely right uh, about EQ's contract. And uh, also Dante Pettis uh, should not be on this list uh, because his is a one-year deal as well. But do they're, not- all, they're all one-year deals. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if, if you look at EQ, Dante Pettis, Byron Pringle, uh, Keneal Harry, all or Enkeel Harry, all of those guys come out of contract after this year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do, uh, the guys that I, you know, I think they, they like Pettis mm-hmm. because he's, he's kind of uh, revived his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's shown up on special teams and, you know, he's done something. Not only has he returned punts, but he's been on the coverage teams. Mm-hmm. And Byron Pringle, now he came in, he, he missed a month. I think they expected a lot out of Byron Pringle. You can't help the injuries. He had a couple injuries. He hasn't been able to play. But as soon as he was healthy and able to get going, they brought him up and they sat Harry. And Pringle not only was getting some snaps in the offense, but he was the lead gunner. Mm-hmm. And he's very, very good at that. So – I'm going to say this about the rest of the group, and we can really finish up the group saying this. There's still seven games to go. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then once they get through the whole seven games, now you got a whole season to evaluate, and hopefully they all stay healthy through the remainder of the season. Then they're going to make decisions. Who are we going to try to bring back? Who are we going to let test free agency or whatever? I think out of that group, you know, Valus is going to be back. He's a rookie on a rookie contract. He, he's he's got a lot of talent. I just think you know they're going to let a rookie be a rookie right now uh, because of the mistakes he made. They're going to go with some of the veterans. Do I think he's going to get more play time before the year's out? Absolutely, mm-hmm. but they're going to make him earn it, and and that's fair. That's more than fair. Absolutely. Swifty correctly points out in the chat room that Pringo signed a two-year deal with the Bears, which is um, probably a good thing. I mean, the poor guy got off to a unfortunate start here in Chicago with injuries in the preseason and uh, then an injury during the season. So he he's he sputtered off his start. He got uh, some playing time early on, uh, on Sunday against the Lions. Unfortunately, he was called for a holding call. Uh, probably wasn't a good call, but I, I didn't no, see that was not. That was another one of those BS calls. The the <laughs> worst, the, the second worst call. The worst call was was the one on Jalen uh-huh. that negated an interception. The second worst one was the holding call on Braxton Jones mm-hmm. on a play that would have been a first and goal at the three and a half yard line. Yep. Yep. Okay, so in essence, that costs you four points because they got a field goal out of that drive. They would have gotten seven. Yeah, and there was a couple of holding calls that I posted up on the Barroom Network Twitter account that were not called on Detroit that just infuriated me because uh, you're making those calls against the Bears. Why aren't you making them against the Lions? Oh, I'll, I'll tell you. <laughs> I, 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 I check the uh, – no, I shouldn't say that. Don't not say <laughs> All right, let's go to the running back position where the lead running back on this team, David Montgomery, uh, is a 2023 free agent. Then you got Khalil Herbert, Treston Ebner, and then the fullback, Kerry Blassingame, who uh, might be under a one-year deal, so I'll double-check that. Your thoughts on this running back t- uh, group? Are you trying Are you trying to bring David Montgomery in, or are you, are you saying, you know what, 
his market value is more than what we want to pay for this position. Well, I, I don't think his market value, first of all, he's running back. Mm-hmm. So I don't think his market value is going to be that substantial. Mm-hmm. So, and he is a valuable person in the locker room. He's a good player. He's the best pass blocker they have uh, at the running uh, back position. The difference with Herbert's a better pure runner. He's not as hard a runner as Montgomery, but is a better pure runner. He's got more home, you know, home run ability to him. Mm-hmm. But he can't pass block like like uh, Monty can. Right. I, I think if you can get Monty at the right price, they bring him back. Mm-hmm. If they, you know, they'll, they'll offer him a deal. If he wants to take it, he'll take it. If he doesn't, you know. You see this every year with, with running backs there. You can find one in the draft. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not that hard. So it, it, it's going to be, I don't want to say take it or leave it. There'll probably be some negotiation, but you know, it's like w- w- when they had Jordan a few years ago, mm-hmm. you know, he wanted some big money. He didn't get it. <laughs> and, and running backs when, when they, when they start to go downhill, and and most there there are you get, you get some freaks like the guy in Tennessee that can can play forever, and Emmett Smith, and some of those guys. But for the most part, when running backs start to go downhill, it's not like they're slowly regressing. Mm-hmm. They're they're jumping off a cliff. Okay. They could be great one year and horrible the next year because once they start to lose some of that quickness and lose their legs, it's all over. Yep. Uh, there's somebody in Chicago Bears history that uh, was that way. Raymond Harris was an outstanding back for a season or two, and then all of a sudden it looked like the wear and tear of the NFL game just uh, uh, finished things up for him. Um, so th- this is going to be interesting. we got a question in the chat room on this topic. Do you, um, do you start playing Khalil Herbert more during these last games? Now he is injured. Uh, so I'm not sure he's even going to be available someday. But yeah. I, and, and they don't talk about the injury. So I don't even know what the hell the injury is. Yeah. Uh, you know, they could bring up, they got the guy on the practice squad who isn't the bad player. They could bring him up for, you know, a game or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, you know, Herbert and Monty have been split in time all year. Mm-hmm. One week, Herbert gets more carries one week. Monty gets more carries. Uh, you know, they, they go with the hot hand sometimes, right. which is the right thing to do. Uh, no, I think that's what, I think that's what they're going to continue to do. But the main thing is that the day of having that bell cow running back, mm-hmm. unless the guy's really, really special, those days are over. Yeah. You want to have complimentary type backs on your roster and split them up. First of all, you can get more, if you can, split time with them, mm-hmm. you can get a little, you can get a guy into a second contract at a reasonable price. And that's the what it's all about is so I can I get him at the right price. Sounds good. Uh let us turn our attention to where am our offensive lineman? Um I may have forgotten to load it. So let's uh look at the defensive line. Uh this is a problem area right here. Al Kadim Mohammed uh He's under contract next season, but there is an easy out. You would only have to pay him a half a million dollars in dead cap money. So 
Uh, Dominique Robinson, the young player. Travis Gibson, who somebody in the chat room said he's been very disappointing. Justin Jones, we talked about having a, a stellar season at that interior defensive line position. And Angelo Blackson. Take us through these players. Your thoughts on them. Well, Gibson's playing a different position than he played a year ago. Mm-hmm. Okay, and he's, he is struggling a little bit, but I'll go back to what I said at the beginning of the show when we are talking about uh, Quinn, is that Quinn's gone, so now you can pay a little bit more attention to uh, Gibson, who is probably the next best natural pass rusher. Mm-hmm. Al-Qadim Muhammad is what he is. He's a 5-7 to seven sack guy a year, plays the run fairly decent. He's good in the rotation. Uh, He's not getting a ton of money. Um, Do I think they'll bring him back? Yeah. Uh, Dominique Robinson is, you know, there's a lot of ceiling there. He's got to hit, you know, he needs another year in the weight room. He's got to get stronger, uh, probably get a little bit bigger learn how to use his hands better. You know, it's a learning process. He, you know, the guy's only been a defensive lineman for three years in his life, mm-hmm. you know, so this is all new to him. Uh, I'm not going to say he's going to be a special player, but I think he can be a, a, a pretty decent player. You left out the one guy they picked up on waivers who I like. Mm. He, he hasn't done a whole lot yet. Uh, they, at, at the 53, he was waived by Buffalo. Yeah. And he's played the last couple weeks. Um, mm-hmm. um, Oh, uh, Armand Watts. No, Armand Watts was who they picked up on waivers from uh, Minnesota, but I think he was in the last year of his rookie deal mm-hmm. uh, with Minnesota. Armand Watts has actually played pretty decent football. Um, well, do you like him that much? Is it Kingsley uh, Joseph? Uh, yes, yes, Kingsley yes. Uh, yeah, Kingsley I, Jonathan. You really like this guy and think that he's he's kind of a guy you need to sign for twenty twenty three. He's already signed. He's on his rookie contract. Oh, okay. They picked him up on waivers, and when you pick up a guy on waivers, you pick up their contract. Okay. So he is under con- He should be under contract for next year. What I don't know is the deal he signed with Buffalo. Was it a two or three year? Because that's what you do with undrafted free agents. Mm-hmm. You know, the, a rookie, a, a, a rookie draft choice automatically gets a four year deal. Mm-hmm. You can't, you know, that's part of the collective bargaining agreement, except for first rounders that you get the fifth round option on yeah. with um, $800,000 is his contract for next season. Right. He's, he's, he's getting the minimum, uh, the minimum. So, right. uh, and if the minimum goes up, he gets it, you know, they got that number on there, but if the minimum goes up to 925, that's what he gets. Okay. Okay. So, um, but you know, I, I I just think let's see how this plays out. He's getting play time now. Mm-hmm. Um, I like what I saw in the preseason with him coming off the edge in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got some bend to him. He's got a little juice to him. Got a burst coming off blocks. Uh, like any young player, he needs to play. But I also believe they, there's a huge need for – a bona fide edge player, and I don't think they're going to get one in free agency. Not looking at, at at what looks like the projected free agent class now, right. you know, one of which is is Quinn, and 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 a lot of them are older guys, mm-hmm. and so I just can't see Poles 
doing that type of thing. So that tells me that that could be their number one need going into the draft and not free agency. Okay. We'll uh, return to the rest of the defense. Let's go back to uh, the offensive line. Uh, Braxton Jones has the most snaps of any offensive lineman at 631. Cody Whitehair uh, is uh, a potential cut uh, because uh, there's contract uh, uh, outs for next season. Sam Mustafer, 618 snaps. Tevin Jenkins, Larry Borum, those are the rest. Of, those are the guys who have gotten the most snaps on the offensive line. And of course, Lucas Patrick, who has been injured a good portion of the season, is expected to return as the center. And then, of course, you've got Alex Leatherwood and the rookie Jay Tyree Carter. I put on him because he's shown some promise, uh, at least according to some reports. Your overall thoughts on the well, offense. you've got you've got a couple other guys you got to throw into that list too. Okay. Okay, and those are guys sitting on the practice squad because I think the powers that be like these guys. Mm-hmm. One is Zach Thomas. Mm-hmm. Okay, then you've got uh, the rookie. He's on injured reserve. Kramer. Yeah, Kramer. You know, these guys are going to um, you know, enter into the equation. Again, you can, they weren't ready to play this year, but that doesn't mean – they're not going to be pretty good players a year from now. I, and I'll go back to it, you know, use a story from the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, Israel Idonaje. You know, Iz, Izzy played college football up in Canada. He's from, he is a Canadian. Mm-hmm. And very, very, very raw. Uh, he, he spent the better part of two years on the practice squad, if I recall correctly. And became a pretty damn good player. Mm-hmm. Now, no, was it was he an all pro? No. Is he a guy you could win with? You're damn right he was. You know, he's a valuable player for us. So these guys, uh, Zach Thomas, Zach Thomas more than the, the center than Kramer, but they got a chance to, in another year, compete for a spot. Okay, and I, I don't know. I think Whitehair... Whitehair's played pretty good, and he's a captain, and that says something that he's a captain. But at the same time, so was uh, Quinn was a captain, and so was Roquan. So, uh, but he, you know, he's a very consistent player, and it, he's making good money next year. But they have a lot of money, and I think you know you're not going to replace him unless you've got somebody, one of those young guys who could be Thomas, it could be Carter, who's going to be, they feel a better player. Mm-hmm. So he's going to be the equal of, of white hair now, and then eventually be a better player because it, you know, it's all in front of him. I think Mustafer is going to be around as a backup pet. Patrick's going to be the center. Tevin Jenkins. Did you have Tevin on that list? There you yeah. go. Okay. Tevin's going to be, the right guard, he's turned into one of the better, you know, guards in the league, let alone uh, this team. Um, and and Mustafer is a valuable backup. And actually, you know, since Mustafer got benched for one quarter, mm-hmm. or Patrick, he's actually played better the last couple of weeks. Now, the, the guy that's disappointing to me, and he may have hit his ceiling, and I, I wrote about this in, in that column on Windy City Printer today, is Larry Borum. Mm-hmm. Larry Borum 
you know, you thought the arrow was going up, but he seems to have hit that plateau. So now, and, and what tells you that is that he's, you know, he was hurt and missed one week, but he was ready to go last week. He, he practiced last week, yet Riley Reef still was starting because Riley Reef played better than Borum did. Mm-hmm. And so that tells me that Borum might not be part of the future. Is he going to be here going into camp next year? Yes. Okay. Now, could they, if you look at, at some of the potential free agents, uh, you've got Cleveland has a tackle who was a former first-round pick with Tennessee, Jack Conklin from Michigan State. Excellent player. Okay. Real good right tackle. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's only 28 years old. Mm-hmm. And the contract he has now doesn't break, break the bank, so you can give him a raise and still not break the bank. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, then there is a guy who would very, be very familiar in this scheme, and that's Mike McGlinchey, the former Notre Dame player who's at San Francisco. Uh, you know, can San Francisco afford to re-sign him? Mm-hmm. Or, or can they afford to, you know, put the tag on him? So those are two guys that, you know, could enter into the picture or you can draft a ta- another tackle, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's the decision. If you, if, what's going to happen is if you go out in free agency and you sign a guy like one of those two guys or, or maybe another guy that they like, and I did, I just looked at the list briefly, but those those two names jumped out at me because I know they're very good players. Um, that that's going to tell you if they take one in free agency, they aren't taking one in the draft. Mm-hmm. And I think you know people say, oh, they got to improve the offensive line. Here's where I disagree with some of those statements. Yeah, I, I think the right tackle position needs to be improved. I think some of these young guys just got to play that they're pretty darn good players or, or got a lot of talent. What they don't have is experience. I'm not going to back off of what I feel about Patrick. I saw the tape of what he did at green Bay. Okay. And that one quarter he was playing at center uh, for the bears this year, he played pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then he, you know, unfortunately he hurts his foot and uh, who knows if he's coming back this year or not. I don't, you know, they don't tell you what the injury is. Um, I'm unsure about why here only because of his contract, mm-hmm. but I, you know, I, from what I understand, they like these young guys, you know, Carter's on the 53 because they know if it tried to waive them, somebody was going to claim them. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And, and he's, he's a very, very, he's raw, mm-hmm. you know, played at, at Southern university down in Baton Rouge. But this guy, and I, I don't know if we talked about this previously, this guy was a freaking point guard that had D1 offers as a point guard. Wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> coming out of high school. That tells you what kind of athlete he is. Cool. He was a 260-pound point guard that had, not, now not power five type offers, but mid-majors mm-hmm. to play basketball. Pretty cool. We got a couple of offensive line type questions here. Um, uh, Michael Henneman says Braxton Jones somehow is untouchable at tackle, a fifth rounder from uh, uh, SC El Paso or wherever. No, it's a Southern Utah. 
Southern Utah. He says, come on, get a blue chipper to uh, to make more competition. It's a vital position. Orlando Brown. Well, I'm going I'm to tell Michael this right now. Okay. Braxton Jones will be a blue chip left tackle in this league. End of discussion. There you go. It okay. T- There's not a doubt in my mind. That guy was a steal. And and he gets, you know, he he got beat up a few times this year, and rightfully so. Again, played at, at Southern Utah, which is a lower level FCS, mm-hmm. you know, uh, comp- level of competition. He's gotten better every week. His run blocking already is very very good. Mm-hmm. Okay, he keeps improving with, and he's a rookie. And, you know, this guy is playing pretty damn good. They love him. And they know he's got a very bright future. You know, it, it, this is what bothers me sometimes about, about the fans. They don't understand development. Yeah. And how, and how it takes, you know, to develop. You're looking for that guy. That's the guy you want. Yeah, exactly. He's going to be – that guy's going to make a gazillion dollars in this league, trust me. And what's my dog doing? He's sneaking in on me. He came let me, in. Let me shut the door here for a second. Bennett came in like he was a cowboy entering a saloon looking for the outlaw. <laughs> that was the entrance he made in there. He's like, Where, where's my girl? <laughs> let me also uh, – uh, I want uh, I want you, Greg, to respond to what Ryan says here. He says that Olin Krutz likes Borum over Braxton as a tackle. Uh, I have not heard that from Olin, but what are your thoughts on that? I, I have not heard that either. Um, I, I I think where Borum might end up, it, it, it's like Tevin. He might be better as a guard than he is as a tackle mm-hmm. because I think he you know he has flashes, but he's kind of, in, in my opinion. He's leveled off, mm-hmm. and he has problems getting beaten wide. And, and and I look at it this way. If the coaching staff saw the – Brian Crawford said, we're impatient. Well, you, you know what? In this game, you got to learn how to be patient. <laughs> As a Bears fan, you got to learn how no. to be patient. <laughs> no, i got to tell you, you know, I spent a long time working in the league, obviously. Mm-hmm. And you sit in the office and – you know, you know what the fans, what 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 the, you know, the, the garbage is out in the media and what the fans are saying sure. and everything else. You hear it. So we'll call it noise for lack of a better word. Yeah. But you got to do, you got to develop your players. Mm-hmm. And, and too many fans think, well, he was a fifth round pick. You can throw him away. Why? You know, they might have had a third round grade on that guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know several times where we took guys in the in the uh, fourth or fifth round that turned out to be pretty damn good players. How about Alex Brown? Yeah. That was a fourth round pick. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let him learn. He's learning how to play this year. He th- there's people around the league that really like his talent, mm-hmm. and on top of that, thirty five and a half inch arms. You're dying to find guys like that. You're spending millions every year in scouting to find a tackle with his kind of athleticism and that kind of length to play the position, and they got him in the fifth round. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. And he's one of those players, uh, Greg, that gets it. And what I mean by that is when you listen to a player talk and he self-evaluates himself and he's critical, but he says, I'm, I, I'm working on this and so forth. He gets it. He knows that he still has a ways to go. He's not satisfied with his play. And so that's another really valuable trait, I think, in evaluating players as fans or even professionals like yourself that, you know, you, you talk to the guy and, man, you, you walk away impressed. Well, what you're saying or, or defining is football character. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And football, and, and we've talked about it a lot, football character is, is the guy's passion for the game, his desire to be great, you know, things of that nature, his work ethic. He has all that stuff. He wants to be a good player. He knows where he came from. And... I, you know, I think, well, it might not be next year, but I'll say by year three, he's going to be one of the elite left tackles in the National Football League. I love that. Could I, could I be wrong? Of course I could be wrong, but I don't think I am. All right, let's uh, move on now. I think we've exhausted the – well, no, actually let – me, Let me finish one other thing. Okay. Because everybody wanted to run off Leno. Leno was a seventh-round pick, and he's a pretty goddamn good tackle in this league. Mm -hmm. Okay? And he's making some good money now. Well, he's making about $10, $12 million a year for Washington. And by the way, what a hell of a win for Washington. Incredible. Have, have they lost yet since they played here? <laughs> I don't think so. I think they did lose one game, yes. Uh, yeah. last, last week, as a matter of fact. And, and, you know, hats off to Ron Rivera. What a good guy. He, he was – did you see any of those videos for him in the locker room? No, I missed those. He was in tears. Uh, I read that headline, yeah. I mean, he he could not talk. He's trying to to thank the players for their effort, and he's literally in tears. Mm -hmm. and, and then he has to walk out, and he, he just kind of mumbles, my mom would be proud of you. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and it, it was really a, a touching video to see. Oh, I'm definitely going to look for that. Um, yeah, that was that was huge. Anything else regarding uh, offensive linemen? Because I did want to ask you about Alex Leatherwood. There is a slight chance we might see him this season. He is on the 53-man roster. Uh, right. The Bears have, a, I, I think, another week to determine whether they're going to continue to keep him on the roster. Uh, but you have said before. No, he's, they brought him up to the active, right? Oh, that's right. He is on the he's, he is on the roster. Right. You know, he's the – and I'm glad you brought him up. He's kind of the wild card. Mm -hmm. He's on the rookie contract, very, very talented. That could be, too. And, and, and again, I'm glad you brought it up because I, I, I thought about this, especially when they got him. He was a left tackle all through college. Mm -hmm. And he played pretty good. You go back and you look at Alabama tape playing left tackle. He's pretty good. Mm -hmm. Okay. He's very comfortable playing on the left side. That might be your left guard. Uh -huh. Okay. So, but I, you know, I, there might be some maturity issues with him. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I talked to a guy who has that area and you know, not with the bears he's with another club. And, you know, that's what he said. He said, you know, great talent, but there might be some mature issues, but you know what? It got cut. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when you, when you get slapped in the face like that, you start to mature pretty quick because then you start to put your priorities in order. 
and hey, you know, I got an opportunity to make a lot of money in this league, and and so I better take care of that. Now the the Bears got control of him. This is only his what second year in a league, right? Correct. They they got control of him for at least two more years because they can pick up the fifth year option. Mm-hmm. But I don't think you know he he's really struggled on the right side when he was with the Raiders. Now, does that mean he can't do it? No, but I know that there's some people that, you know, when they grow up playing one side and then they try to go to the other side, they just can't do it. Some people it's real easy. There's other people that because everything's different, it's the exact opposite. It's always different. They just struggle to do it. He could be one of those people, but at the same time, he's athletic enough to play guard in this game, but I think it's during the off-season, OTAs and everything else that they finally decide, okay, let's work with them in that. Right now, you're just, you know, keeping them going in case you got to use them because of an emergency. Right. Well, I got to tell you, uh, this offensive line, uh, you, you're talking about, you talked about patience and having patience and, and letting them develop and so forth. And I think we've all seen the offensive line play improve over the last few weeks. Now, it's still a concern to me and I'm sure to many others that we've had a lot of different combinations at the offensive line, seven in the 10 games, seven different combinations at the starting offensive linemen. And so I got to think that this is probably Poles' first or second priority for this team is to make sure that we have a starting five next season and quality depth. And hopefully we don't go through this uh, 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 ring around the rosy or musical chairs, whatever the expression is of offensive linemen. But this this doesn't seem as 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 terribly a high priority in terms of devoting first round draft picks or. Uh, billions of dollars in, in free agency money. Do you agree with that? Well, I, like I say, I think they they could spend some money on a on a tackle mm-hmm. because, like I say, you, you've got a one one and one two. Okay, those are your two premium round picks, unless you trade back. Right, and I think you've got a lineman for a GM and you got a defensive head coach. It's not going to shock me if both of those are defensive players. And, but the, the, the whole, in my opinion, I'd, I'd love to see him be able to sign one of those top defensive tackles. If in fact they hit free agency yes. and they'll spend money on a guy like that. Hell, they, they offered Ogan Joby $40 million. Right. Forty point five million. It's not like they won't pay, um, and and they got the money to do it. But I think, you know, right now I'm going to say it's almost a lock that an edge player is going to be number one. But you know, my my the criteria changes. It depends where they're picking. Sure. You know, because you know you're not going to pass up a, a a real quality player on their board. Doesn't matter what we think. It's what, you know, on their board uh, just to go with, you know, a pass rusher. But they got to get a good one. Yep. And let's turn to the tight ends here. And nobody epitomizes more your philosophy of draft and develop than Cole Komet. This guy is now becoming one of the premier 
tight ends in the National Football League. I have been saying, please be patient with this Bears, this guy Bears fans. He's only, what, 23, 24 years old. Come on. And he's 23 because he was young coming out. Yes. And so I'm so excited for him. Uh, I, I He's one of those guys that I'm talking to his agent and say, okay, what's it going to take? Because we want you around for years. Uh, now, Trevin Wesco and I believe Ryan Griffin are both uh, 2023 free agents. I got to believe, uh, Greg, that this is another position you're going to go hunting for, whether it's draft assets or or uh, free agency. Um, you know, they. Uh, it wouldn't shock me at all that they try to bring back Wesco and Griffin. Uh, number one, what's this team want to do? Run. Wesco is a, you know, he's he's almost like another tackle. He's a hell of a blocker. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he's not going to do a whole lot for your your pass game. Uh, Griffin, you know, he's serviceable, uh, but Cole Komet is your prototypical Y tight end. Okay, people when they drafted him, people were thinking they were getting Kittle. another Kelsey. Yeah, yeah. Or Kittle. It's not that. Kittle is another one. Kittle's 245 pounds. Mm-hmm. Cole commits 20 pounds heavier. Mm-hmm. And he can, you know, he can block his ass off. But now that, you know, they're finding out, this, this coaching staff is finding out what he can do. Mm-hmm. Actually, when you, when you look at his athletic numbers and compare him to Kelsey, they're almost identical, mm-hmm. at, you know, combine numbers. Uh, but I'm not going to say he's the, he's the athlete that that Kelsey is because he's not. Um, but what you've seen from him in the last few weeks is what you can see every week, and he's a a plus to the run game because of the way he blocks. Mm-hmm. Now, could they use? A true move tight end, yeah, but you got to find the right guy, right? Okay, and and again, it's putting the pieces of the puzzle together. And what's the priority? Am I happy with what I can I live with what I got for one more year and attack that a year from now versus you know what I got to take care of right now mm-hmm. and i think that's where they would be in the, in, in that position because i if, if i'm not mistaken there's some people on the, the the practice squad at that position and i'll give you the guy there's a kid from iowa state chase yeah. allen yeah 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 okay it's a guy they like so and and a guy that's got some athleticism to him to be able to play that move position. So I, I don't think it's as big a need as, as some people say. Again, you, you got to take care of the priorities. To me, the priorities are make sure the offensive line's good, the defensive line's good. You get a quarterback and an offensive and defensive line, you got a chance in every game. There you go. That's the way I was brought up in this business. And I'm not, and, and yeah, I'm old school, but I'm not changing. <laughs> I don't blame you. Well, and also, what is really nice to see is the, uh, partnership uh, relationship between Fields and Komet. Uh, that's growing. There seems to be trust there. Um, we're not seeing a lot of, you know, I was really upset with 
for many reasons with Matt Nagy, but he never seemed to trust Cole Komet in the passing game. Komet only went out for safety valve reasons. You know, he was used to chip and, and then go out to be the third or fourth uh, option for quarterbacks. And over the last few weeks, we have seen Cole Komet become a focus point of this passing game. And I well, he had, he had the one deep touchdown on Sunday. Then there was another throw to the left sideline where he was covered pretty good that he almost brought in one handed. Yeah, yeah. But that was another deep ball. So mm-hmm. um, uh, talented, talented guy. Uh, and, and I want to say one thing about the offensive line too, because people, you know, want to bitch about the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Well, do you think the running game would be as strong as it was if the offensive line sucked as bad as they think it does? Exactly. You know, you got to block a little bit to open those holes. <laughs> indeed, indeed. You know, there's two parts of offensive line play: it's run blocking and pass blocking. That's right. And they get an A plus in run blocking. There's no doubt about it. And they're. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, Tevin Jenkins might be the best run blocking guard in the league. Yep, uh, he destroys people. Yeah, he uh, he sends them six feet under. <laughs> he finishes his blocks. That's for sure. All right, we already talked about the defensive line, uh, so let's continue with the defense. The linebacker position is one we need to invest in. Uh, Nicholas Morrow and Jack Sanborn signed till next year. Now both of these players are good, um, uh, but your overall take on the linebacker position how vital is it for assets to be thrown to the linebacker position uh ask me in seven weeks Mm -hmm. and i and i'm not evading the question you want to take a jack played jack played pretty good damn on sunday at the at the mic Mm -hmm. um there's still some play in there and i don't know if it's a defensive i have to really break it down closely if it's the defensive line or it's the linebackers where there's just, you know, the gaps for the, for the opponent, for the opponent's runners are just too big. Yeah. You know, they, they got a lot of space <laughs> and, you know, I think it's more on the defensive line than it is on these linebackers. Sam Bourne, and we said this back in, in, in uh, August during camp, he's very, very instinctive mm-hmm. and he plays faster than he times yep. like a Lance Briggs. And I'm not putting him in a Lance Briggs category yet. You know, shit, I, after last week, people want to put him in the Hall of Fame for Christ's sake. <laughs> you know, put him on that Mount Rushmore of Bears linebacker. Next to let's <laughs> let the next seven games play out. Yeah. I like Nick Morrow, mm-hmm. and I think he's going to be well suited for that will position. I like him too. Yeah. Um, he doesn't have the tackle numbers yet that, that Roquan had. Roquan was averaging like 10 and a half, 11 tackles a game mm-hmm. playing that position. And uh, now Sanborn had, I think, a dozen tackles on Sunday, his second week. That was pretty good. He had an interception that he got cheated out of. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, you know, they really like Sterling Weatherford. And this is an athletic guy. He runs in the four fives. He's six four. He's not too heavy. Probably two twenty five to two thirty. If you go back and you look at Indianapolis uh, tape uh, from from the uh, preseason, he played well. Ballard was pissed that they lost him. Undrafted free agent from Miami of Ohio, mm-hmm. uh, and, and and some you know from those lower 
uh, those mid-major schools, you know, you, you can steal guys late or free agency from those schools because they don't get the, you know, the schools, the, the, the people drafting the teams tend to go after the power five, you know, division one guys, right. You know, and, but Weatherford is, is, uh, he's got a lot of talent. He is going to be in that mix after that, you know, Thomas made some plays. I, you know, he's not, he's not under contract for next year, but he made some plays. He, he's been making plays throughout the year when given the opportunity. He's the Sam linebacker. In this scheme, the Sam doesn't play that much. Right. You know, 20% of the downs, maybe. Uh, and you got Adams, who was the Sam before he got hurt. You know, could those guys come back? Yeah. Is, is there a dire need at the position? I can't say and, until we see how, how the, the, the season finishes out with Sam Borden Morrill playing that, and if, and if Weatherford gets some some snaps in there mm-hmm. before the year's out, you know it, it it could be a primary need, or it you know could be a, a secondary need. I mean, you're not going to turn down a good guy, but you know, but you just look at this, you know what what um, Flu said in his presser last week. You know, off, he he doesn't put. Even though Will is very important to him, he doesn't put it as a high priority when you're getting into the draft room, especially when you're talking first, you know, second round maybe, but not first round. Right. Because of the value of the position. All right. Let's talk about value in the defensive secondary. This is the one area where I think we need the least amount of help. Uh, Jalen Johnson, Kyler Gordon, Kindle Vildor is – a, a player that I'm finally starting to question whether all my uh, love and affection <laughs> it was worthy. And then Jalen Jones, the undrafted free agent, he's played 200 snaps on defense. Elijah Hicks, I think, is somebody that the Bears like. He has yet to see action with the defense. And and uh, and then Eddie Jackson and Jaquan Brisker are your safeties. Your comments on the defensive backfield? I think there's a lot of talent there. Uh, you know, Kyler Gordon is playing two positions uh, and, you know, he came out early mm-hmm. when Vildor went down and Vildor before he went down was playing pretty darn good football. Mm-hmm. He has been, you know, since the beginning of the season, uh, you can win with Vildor. You can win with all those guys, but they got to have, you know, they're only as good as the help up front. Mm-hmm. And, and so you've got to, I, there's just the one comment came up from the chat room. He thinks the secondary set. You always want competition. And right. if you can find some competition, you're going to bring in the competition. But as a group, this is a pretty young group that's talented. Mm-hmm. And they got size. They got speed. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's a priority. You're not going to turn down a real good player at the right spot, let's say, you know, you get into the third, fourth round and there's a guy that you got a real good grade on, you know, that's a corner. Mm-hmm. You, you're going to say no to it. No, you can't. Not if, it, not if he's, you know, sitting up on your board that, and, and it's jumping out at you real hard. So, you, you know, you got to do it, but yeah, I agree. I, I, I like the talent there. Um, 
they'll get better as they grow within the system and as they get experience, especially with, with Kyler and, and Jaquan. And you're right about Jalen Jones. Now, you know, Jalen Jones, there are some issues with him uh, when he was at Ole Miss, and that's why he didn't get drafted. You know, this is a guy that was probably mid, mid-round mid draft capable. Mm-hmm. But there were some issues and there were some injury things, so he lasts till free agency. Well, it, you know, that's a good pickup for the, for the Bears because he's got – when you look at the numbers, mm-hmm. the numbers are – equivalent to you know any starting quarter in the in in the league as far as size speed explosiveness that type of thing Mm -hmm. the best the best thing uh the bears can do to assist the defensive backfield is uh, get a pass rush no no question i i i think that solidifying the defensive line is the Mm -hmm. primary focus going into next year absolutely all right, uh, let's see if we can tackle some of these questions before I let you out of here. Uh, you got somebody coming in to snow your walkway there? <laughs> no, no, the uh, the cleaning people are here, so they're going to throw me out of my office here pretty soon when they got to get to it. <laughs> okay. Earlier in the show, my buddy Stephen Nagishi uh, commented about Travis Gibson, that he's been a disappointment so far. Would you, would you ex- categorize his play this year as a disappointment? Well, I think we already talked about that earlier when we talked about the D-line. You know, he's playing a a little different position. Mm -hmm. And I think not having that quality guy opposite him has hurt him because now he's drawing more attention from the Mm -hmm. offense because he probably is the next best pass rusher. Mm -hmm. You know, when Quinn was still here, Trevis was making some plays. Very true. Okay, so now Quinn's not here, and the, there is no pass rush. And even though he wasn't getting the numbers, he was drawing the attention and freeing up the the other guys. Mm-hmm. Jordan believes that Gibson could have been helped if he were given more playing time earlier. He's getting it now, but uh, without the help. Well, of- that, he's going to play here in, in, in this game. You know, he's going to play 60% of the snaps. That's part of the scheme is is to play that rotation to try to keep those guys fresh. Sam Rush uh, wonders, do you think we could see a contract or value dispute with Jalen Johnson, similar to the Roquan situation? Jalen has been great in coverage, but he doesn't make impact plays, turnovers often. Your thoughts? Uh, you know, I think he's a quality cover corner. Uh, did not have a great game, but he was playing hurt this past week. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, t- turnovers or, or interceptions uh, is an issue. Is he going to get paid? Well, y- you look at two things. First of all, what's he going to be looking for? Mm-hmm. And, you know, versus what other people are going to get and who you're going to replace them with. Okay, can you replace him with somebody better that's not going to cost as much? You know, so that and you got him, and, and that could be a situation where you know you still got him for one more year before you have to do a contract extension or or even think about it. And that could become if they decide it's time to move on, then 
a year from now, you know, they could prioritize that position in the draft or in free agency a year from now. But in free agency, if you go out and try to get one, it's going to cost you a lot of money. So why don't you just pay your own guy if, if in fact, you like him? Right, right. Um, let's see. Uh-oh, we got a complaint here. <laughs> Mr. Inglewood wants to know, when are you going to admit that you were wrong about George? Never. <laughs> Tell us why. <laughs> because he's a character problem. I, I, I never said anything negative about his talent. Mm -hmm. He's talented. Everybody knows he's talented. He's an asshole. Mm -hmm. Okay, and it goes more than that. He is Antonio Brown Jr. And mark my word, it'll happen. It's already happened. He's had tirades on the sideline. Yeah. Okay, in, in full view of the cameras. And... and he is, uh, there's, a, I know of minimum six teams that had him completely off the board. So for me to say, when am I going to admit it's wrong? I was not wrong. I had this talent up high. There's guys like that you just don't want on your football team. They're cancers. Right. And even if he doesn't ever become, you know, has an incident or, or, or behaves in a way that is severely detrimental to the team. You just don't want to take that chance. You don't want that type of person in your clubhouse who could poison attitudes. So I, I'm, I'm with you. The guy's an extraordinary talent, but um, they're, you know, wide receivers are becoming easier and easier to find in, uh, in the draft. Now, having said that, uh, Valus Jones is, been benched the last two weeks, physically capable of playing, but not on the active list. David Cobb wants to know, why can't we get Velas some easy throws to get his confidence going? Your thoughts on this whole Velas Jones situation? You know what I, I, I think, and I may be wrong on this, but, you know, I, I, I love Flus's press conferences because I think, I think he's very straightforward. And he flat out tells you, you want to play on Sunday, you got to practice good on Wednesday and Thursday. Mm -hmm. And I think that they are putting Bayless into a situation where you got to earn. We're not going to hand it to you. You got to earn it. You got to be better than the guys who are lining up in front of you. Mm -hmm. And so that's what it is. I don't think they're ready to, you know, throw him out the door. He's not a cut risk. I think he just that he 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 had some opportunities and he had some drop balls and he had a drop punt, you know, or a couple more punts. And 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 it's like he, he lost the trust of the coaching staff. Mm -hmm. Indeed, he has. Uh, hopefully he'll get it back. Um, Hot Wheels 66 says, boy, oh, boy, Greg Gabriel looks like he's been pumping iron. <laughs> Actually, the last two days I haven't. I I, uh, I was going to ask you. I, I, I usually take off Tuesday, but I took off yesterday. I wanted to go early today, but I I I got up early and I started writing that article, and I, I just it, it took me a while, and I didn't want to stop. So I'm still going to go today, but I haven't gone yet. All right, good. Danger T, I asked a question that I responded to and said, absolutely not, but I promised I'd ask you anyway. 
because the question was directed at you, not at me. <laughs> he goes, I know we need wide receiver uh, next year, but what about signing Saquon Barkley as a free agent? The backfield with Justin Fields and Barkley would be explosive. That'll never happen in a gazillion years. <laughs> That's what I said. It's just not going to happen. You're not going to give a running You're not going to give a running back. With injury. Kind of yeah. Uh, you know, the guy, he, he's had, he's missed as many games as he's played. That's not and, good. And yes, he's playing. He's having a hell of a year. Mm -hmm. But, you know, are, are the Giants going to bring him back? That That right there is the key. And, and that'll tell you a lot. Do the Giants bring them back? Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I had a conversation with a general manager. It was a text conversation. I think we talked about it going into the trade deadline. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I sent him a text. I said, you know, are you hearing anything about Monty being, you know, uh, available in trade? Because there was a lot of that stuff. He says, no, not a thing. And he goes, and then he says, and they wouldn't get anything for him anyway. He's a running back. Right. Yeah, the market. And, it, it, it's, and that plays into next spring when you're trying to redo them. That tells you a lot. Right. Yeah, Spotrack has his market value. David Montgomery's market value is a free agent at $9.9 .9 million. And I just shake uh, my head. No way. No way is he going to make that kind of money. It's not no. going to happen. Not in today's NFL. All right. Uh, interesting. No, I, I, I think he'd be lucky to get five. Yeah, he's a good I, player. I agree. And if if five is the asking price, I would sign him uh, to a one or two year contract. Two year contract. I'm sure he wouldn't sign for anything less than that. But um, uh, anyway, I wanted to ask you, and Jimmy Tony wanted to ask you about Elton Jenkins, the Green Bay Packers. He's offensive lineman that guy has played up and down that line left tackle right tackle guard position and he's played at a high level but he has had an injury history would you look at him as a potential free agent acquisition yeah oh. I, you know brings up an interesting question because you can't do it what i'd want to do is be able to give him a medical mm -hmm. before i have to sign him to a a, a yeah. contract yes. but you can't do it and, and the perfect example is Ogan Joby. Yeah. Um, but I think you, you're going to have part of it because Getsy was with him. So Getsy knows, not this year, but in years past, what the injury was, mm -hmm. uh, you know, how he rehabbed, how severe it was. You know, he sits in those meetings. He's, he's got to have a pretty good idea. Would he be a guy that you'd want to bring in? Yeah. Could he? Fit in at the right tackle spot? Yeah, he could fit in a lot of spots because he does have that uh, uh, versatility. So, yeah, no, that that that's a good that's a good name. Yeah, I like it. Um, we got a question here from my man Foster. Says, uh, uh, "What's this guy's first name? Patterson, the the offensive lineman, Jared, Jared Jared Patterson. Yes, I know you've seen him play a lot. What are your thoughts about him? If he's available in maybe the third round, and I don't think he's that high a pick. Oh, really? Okay. No, I and and I like Jared, and and being that Harry put him at guard this year, it gives him some versatility. Mm -hmm. uh, I think he's a day three pick that's going to play in the league and and be an eventual starter." Uh, I think he's a backup when he comes into the league. Mm -hmm. You know, he's, he's got a, 
better reputation than I think he is as a player. You know what? I, I he's good. He's not great. They put it this way: he's he, he's better than Sam. Mm-hmm. But you know, you got Sam as a free agent. Mm-hmm. Yep. But Bars is a free agent. I mean, that, that you know, he's a little bit better than those guys. Right. You know, coming out of Notre Dame, Notre Dame's two best linemen are sophomore tackles, and both of those guys could be premium round picks. Okay. Two more questions, and we'll get you out of here. Uh, Jimmy, I also inquired about Rakyan Sin, the defensive back. He's a free agent. He was with Indianapolis. I saw him play at the Senior Bowl. I thought he was a, a intriguing prospect. Uh, any thoughts about him and potentially bringing him in? I mean, I, I liked him coming out. Uh, the Colts took him in like the second or third round or something. Third round, I uh, played well for them, but then they let him go. Uh, no, he, he was part of a trade that went to San Francisco. Floos mm-hmm. uh, knows him. So, I mean, that would be a call like Floos would say, you know, he's better than what we got mm-hmm. type of deal uh, based on his experience with the player. Mm-hmm. And then you'd go from there. Yeah. He was actually a second round pick. My apologies on that. All right. Uh, and the last question we have for you is about uh, Dominique Robinson. Derek wanted to know, do you think that he could potentially play inside the line with his athletic skills? Uh, he could uh, potentially be d- very disruptive there. What are your thoughts? I don't think he's big enough. I, I think, you know, in some sub package situations, you could put him as an inside pass rusher, mm-hmm. and they've already done that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's few and part between. Do you want him playing inside all the time? No, he'd get killed. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's two hundred and fifty five pounds. Um, you know, he's a he's an end. But like I say, if you if you get some more pass rushers, you can use him in your pass in some of your pass rush uh, packages. And he's going to win with his quickness because you know you're going to throw. You, everybody in the world knows they're going to throw the ball. So then you're you're trying to create pressure. All right, my last question for you, and we'll finish things up. What are your um, what are your thoughts about this upcoming game against the Falcons? Uh, I, I personally just want to see more progress. You know, I, of course, I want the team to win. But I just want to see more progress in the passing game, and I want to see a pass rush develop, and hopefully a guy like Dominic Robinson you know, uh, starts getting uh, more pressures and so forth. So your thoughts on this Bears-Falcons game? I, I agree with you. You want to see progress. And to me, the, the offense is getting better every week. Mm-hmm. I keep expecting to be a drop-off, and there will be a, a week when there's a drop-off. <laughs> it's going to happen. The, but you want to see the growth. You want to see him, you know, see Claypool play a little more. I do not expect him to be, you know, a huge piece to the, of the offense this year. Mm-hmm. I expect it next year. I don't expect it this year. Yeah. I, I want, you know, I, I want to see how some of these other guys fit. To me, the the last seven games, I don't give a shit if they win or lose. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, my job's not at stake. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if I'm a coach, you do. But I, I want good play. 
they're playing competitive football now. I mean, they're they're it, it's enjoyable to watch them. So if if that turns out to you know they lose a lot of these games that they had a chance to win, but it, it turns them into a situation where you can get some better quality players. Well, then you're you know you're you're winning in that area. I don't you know when I was working in the league, I would never would have said that, but you know, that's <laughs> now that I'm not, you know, it's a different story. Uh, yeah. To me, it's, it, it's just the development of the young guys. So, you know what you have exactly going forward in the next season. Great. I promise you that was the last question, but I lied to you. I've actually got two you more. Always lie to me. Come on. <laughs> so true. Uh, Brent asked such, such a good question and fans in the chat room want to know, He's curious if you ever had aspirations to be a general manager and did it ever come close to you getting an offer or an interview? Um, yeah, I did want to. It didn't happen. There was one situation where I thought I had a strong chance and uh, I'm not going to say where, but they stayed within the building, mm -hmm. so to speak. And um, the media at that place was was pushing my name, and this goes back quite a while. Um, didn't happen. Uh, and, you know, what can you do about it? I would say that it goes back, you know, 15 years or so. Uh, and do I think I could have done a better job than who the guy who got elevated? Not a doubt in my mind. I look at that. But, um, you know, is what it is. Well, we'll uh... – We'll get more information out of you when we start working on your memoirs, okay? But uh, my last question uh, for sure oh. is I need, <laughs> I need you to comment on what the hell happened in that Buffalo Bills-Minnesota Vikings game. Oh, my God. That was, was a crazy game. That was as good a game as, you know, I mean, obviously I'm watching the Bears game, but I saw the overtime. Right. Um, and in all honesty, I didn't see that last throw. Mm -hmm. So – um, I was reading something, and then all of a sudden I hear interception, and <laughs> oh, like, oh shit! I I thought for sure they're going to come back and and win, but you know they're they're not playing up to their standards. Their defensive backfield is really beat up. Mm -hmm. Okay, so they're 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 giving up yard. Their best player hasn't even played yet this year. That's Tre'Davious White. Mm -hmm. He could play this week. You know, he tore an ACL late in the season last year. So he's he's about a year out right now. Um, but they got to start winning some games now again. You know, I, or, or they could be on the outside looking in. Yeah. And, and Josh Allen, you know, he I'm shocked he even played. Yeah, yeah. That was you know, I mean, he's got a, a, a bruised UCL um, and, and he throws for almost 300 yards. It was, it was remarkable. And then a couple of times you ran the ball. And it's like with no regard for his body whatsoever, the way, uh, you know, he's throwing his body around there. And considering the injury that he has to his right arm, that kind of surprised me too, which yeah. tells you, you know, he's, he's, he's a tough guy. He's, he's, he wants to win. And uh, you want a quarterback with that attitude. But, uh, man, that was a disappointing way to lose with those mistakes there at the end of the game. And, uh that could be a preview of the Super Bowl. I would not be at all surprised if those two teams uh, met. Uh, the Vikings, of course, have to go past 
the Eagles, uh, who lost their first game yesterday, and, of course, the Kansas City Chiefs always loom in the AFC. Greg Gabriel, another great show, another master class in the art of football talk. Uh, you are the absolute best. Uh, we'll see you next week, either Monday or Tuesday. Okay, brother? Sounds good. Okay. Talk to you later. See you later. Take care. And then for Bye-bye. anyone else uh, at the barroom, uh, want to make sure that you are aware of our 8 p.m. Central start tonight. Dan and Aldo, bear their souls. We're going to talk about this game. Uh, I think uh, Dan Aguirre is still upset. I didn't get a chance to listen to Bears Country podcast last night, but uh, if he's on the ledge, we'll talk him off of it. And we'll uh, talk about, um, you know, what our expectations should be the rest of the season. And uh, we've got a really a lot of really cool stuff to react to from the local media here. So it's Dan and Aldo Bear Their Souls at 8 p.m. tonight. And, of course, Johnny Santucci will join us. Uh, for everyone who joined us live on GTF today and those listening on demand, thank you very much, and we'll see you all soon.